Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. Each week, the three of us at Hotel Analyst discuss topics of interest for those of you in the hotel investment community and arranged around our desk of insights this week here in the UK. We, we find Andrew Sankster, our editorial director, Catherine Doggerell, who is our perspectives editor, and me, Chris Bowne, who is the web editor. This week, we have for your pleasure a discussion of uh, our recent Hotel Alternatives event, a look at what APRIROs are doing on the hotel management front and an update of changes and news from Airbnb. So Andrew, what was your main takeaway from our event? I suppose I'd start off just to tell our listeners what it actually is. So it's, it's a conference which is for investors in um, buildings with beds, basically. So anything sort of adjacent to hotels, which isn't quite hotels, although we do cover a bit of hotels. But it's um, cl- most closely, I suppose, it's stuff like um, service departments and things like hostels. But um, we go as far as caravan parks and um, uh, the other extreme things like student accommodation. Um, This year, the fifth um, conference we've organised on this subject, um, there were a couple of big highlights for me. The first thing was the range of hospitality professionals who have been popping up in all sorts of diverse real estate verticals and other experience economy businesses. So... um, Speaking at the event, we had people like Gerard Green, who was the CEO of Yotel, and is now creating a co-living concept called Our Society. We had Robert Ryan, a former development manager at Travelodge, and is now chief real estate officer at office specialist TechSpace. And Ben Livingston, um, former hospitality consultant. Well, he still is a hospitality consultant, actually. Um, But his main job is now a CEO of Greystone Action Sports. And that's a next-generation sports facility in Manchester. I think that means things like BMX and skateboarding and stuff like that. Um, So that was very interesting to see all these professionals um, going across into other bits of, of real estate. The second highlight... Um, um, which is adjacent to that is the um, seeing just how rapidly the experience economy is reshaping um, real estate in general and it's almost like um, hospitality has infected all parts of real estate Um, maybe not quite yet industrial but almost every other sector so certainly offices through co-working certainly residential through co-living and even indeed if you look at retail now you see in terms of most shopping centers have at least a third and normally much more of of their space given over to hospitality concepts so we're sort of all conquering at the moment um, as a sector at at um, um, within hospitality and you know and, and at the event we saw um, we had a, a service department provider is now developing a co-working nursery concept called Cuckoo's Nest we had obviously Gerard with our society on the resi side Radisson Hospitality who's you know spotting the opportunities in all sorts of resi and similar and co-working things and um, we had had uh, an office provider called Notel and I think that that name Notel gives you a clue as to the importance of hospitality within that concept and that was on our co-living and co-working panel I'm not going to go through all of the different panels and stuff but just you know that's the thing that really came through is just how how much now hospitality has moved beyond its sort of the little back 
backwater it was um, certainly 20 odd years ago when I first started writing about the sector. Well, at the moment, I'm thinking that next year, maybe we need to talk about industrial experiences and how we can all enjoy them. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm sure there's certain of our political overlords who'd like to have us to spend the day down the coal mines. Well, it's Um, the future of the Nissan plant in Sunderland, I'm sure. (laughs) It's true. I'll hang out with some robots, get down the production line for the day. But um, yeah, I think one of the most interesting aspects of it, as you were saying, was with the experience part. And it's not just alternatives in terms of now we're going to stick some bunk beds in or now we're going to put some co-living in. It's alternatives in the way that the service is being delivered as well and also in the way that the branding is taking place. So we had um, people from SciCast there and of course they're very much fans of double branding and uh, using the space as as profitably as possible, Um, often under the same operator but with different brands. And um, and yes, the experience part. Um, We heard a lot about Joe and Joe, which is something I'm very excited to, uh, to see. And it's all service which we've learned, I think, not just from the hotel sector coming over, but service from every possible end of the hospitality spectrum, which is now being fed back in. So everything that was successful in hostels, everything that's been successful in the kind of experience-driven restaurant end of things, this is all coming together now. And hotels are finally realising that they can learn and that they can integrate with other parts of the sector. And I think we, hopefully, are heading for some very interesting launches and some very interesting products, which will revitalise the sector and um, teach teach us all interesting things and compete with the likes of, uh, of the sharing economy, which, is, uh, which has taught and taken so much. Well, I'm, I was most impressed by some of the new concepts. Uh, obviously, we had uh, we had Mark Anderson from Whitbread telling us about the new super budget zip. But the one that really impressed me was Patrick Fitzgibbon giving us a little bit more, bit more colour around their motto concept and uh, the idea that they're try- trying to build uh, hotel rooms on a modular layout, but with uh, uh, lots and lots of interlocking rooms. So you can ha- you can have one, two, three, four, or a whole corridor of rooms depending on how large your group is and uh, so the thing that's really interesting about that is the way that uh, here's a big hotel group that seems to be adapting uh, to the kind of changing nature of what uh, what customers are saying they want. You know, they want uh, they want hostel type space, they want shared family space, they want group space, and um, I thought that was really interesting in the way that uh, here's uh, a big corporation that's listening to the changing customer vibe and uh, and reacting and trying something that sort of seems genuinely new. Um, and the other the other aspect that I was particularly interested in hearing a little bit about, and perhaps we'll hear some more later in the year at another event, was one of the uh, one of the senior executives from the lifestyle division at Accor talking about how they are kind of changing the way they promote their uh, their their edgier brands, and particularly they seem to be getting their head around using social media platforms for promoting their business. Finally, um, uh, rather than just simply trying to stick adverts up here and there, or um, or perhaps um, popping them on Booking.com, so um, that that, is, that seemed quite an interesting advance too, and another area where the big hotel groups are learning about uh, how things are, how things are really changing in the real world. It's true, we've got like that internet and everything now. So um, <laughs> that was the time to get in there and use it, kids. Well, you can even get it free. You can even get it free in some hotels, I hear. No, I hadn't heard that. What's wrong with charging seventeen ninety nine an hour, honestly? <laughs> so, and with that, let's get on to our next topic, which is uh, the investment company Apri Rose, who are moving from becoming to a, a hotel investor to uh, a little bit more involved. Catherine, what are the details? 
Indeed, you're nobody if you don't have your own hotel operating platform, I've discovered. And um, so, and Aperos obviously felt the same. And they're, they're going to be working with Q Green, who are going to teach them how to do it uh, and then float off into the sunset, uh, leaving them with their portfolio of, uh, well, exciting portfolio, not only hotels, but they've also been buying lots of pubs recently. So welcome to the world of the alternatives. Um, and they've been getting into, um, they work with Seiko on, uh, I think they've got an apart hotel coming up under the, correct me if I'm wrong, lock brand. But uh, yes, onwards to platforms. And of course, like all good platforms, they have lots and lots of different brands represented, um, which brings us back once again to the value of the brand. What is the brand bringing you? And can you work it out better if you operate your own hotels? Aperos clearly think so. Mm. Um, that's a very good point there. But uh, the, the one I, I want to highlight, I think, is um, where this has come from. And, and th- this is the, how we're, we're splitting the, the hotel vertical now, um, bricks, brawn and brain so we had the bricks and brain which was the the property asset separating from the management and brand and now we've got the the bricks in um in the form of the property asset still but the 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 management is now the brawn piece and the brain is just the brand piece and i think what we're seeing is um everybody swimming out of their swim lane um and and moving across into these different areas Uh, i would I, I think increasingly to be successful, they're going to have to pick something to truly focus on here. So I'm not convinced that this was the right move by Apri Rose. I completely get where Q Green are here in terms of they are clearly the management piece, the the Braun piece, the third party operator, white label, call it what you like. But I think Apri Rose really are are the owner, and they should be looking to work with these. Um, TPOs, the white labels, um, and then adopting the brands. And I think if um, I think there's too much conflict of interest happening, um, and you can see some asset managers, for example, fancying a go at being operating companies themselves. I'm not sure that's a smart move either. I think they should just be do what they do well, which is asset management. And that's the whole point of of this separation in the first place, was that you're going to focus on what you are best at. And I think they should carry on focusing on what they're best at and swimming in their own swim lane. And I suspect we'll see people actually reverting back from this and and getting back into what what they do best. Um, The other point I was going to make on this is I've, over the last couple of decades, at various points, um, had conversations about, you know, what are we going to do with this three, this mass of three and four star hotels dotted across the UK um, in lots of little groups? And how, you know, is there ever going to be a consolidation play? Well, it's never worked when it was truly vertically integrated. It's sheer cost and difficulty of piecing together all that never really worked out and it never really worked out as just bricks and brains either but now we've got this three-way split of the of the vertical piece i think we can see that consolidation so we'll have the 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 owners um grouping up together we'll have the the brand um people at the top end grouping up and and in the middle we'll have the uh the operations companies coming together and i see i, I see that as being that and if you read q green um comments um on the on the press release concerning this creation of this platform you know q green are clearly focused on 
getting to the sort of three-digit number of properties under their management. And I think that's that's the focus we're going to see now. And and so, you know, to get rid of this sort of long tail, if you like, of, of these three and four star assets, mop them up. This is the way finally we're going to see that, not just in the UK. I think this is going to spread across Europe. And we're already seeing, you know, in, in Germany with Event Holding et al., you know, the creation of these white labels. And I think that's going to get stronger and stronger. And of course, in markets like Germany, you've got the lease orientation, which is only going to drive that harder and faster because the, the brand companies can't take the leases, or at least most of the brand companies can't take the leases. Um, and the owners um, want to lease, therefore you've got to have somebody in the middle who's prepared to take and operate the hotel under a lease and then adopt a franchise brand. So I think I think we're going to have um, much more in terms of these people sticking to their knitting in, in their respective disciplines. It's, it's a confused market right now and you're going to have these different plays here and there, um, but I think it makes most sense um, if, if people for the, for the longer term um, stick with stick with where their true skill sets are. And a busy week it's been for Airbnb. They're getting sued. They're hiring interesting new people. And uh, Catherine, have you worked out how to say the company that they've just bought? Uh, guest, I've worked out um, that that's how I'm saying it. I can't confirm whether I've worked out that's how everyone else is saying it. Um, I'm saying it like that. I'm sticking with it. It makes sense. Um, I don't have to do anything peculiar with my tongue. So, uh, yes, meeting spaces, Airbnb are back into Airbnb for work, which they've been into for a while, um, and which hotel companies have been enthusiastically ignoring the threat from. But now, um, they've, uh, you can now book, book meeting spaces and, and whatnot for your gatherings. You'll recall that last year they started offering all sorts of exciting team bonding experiences like pastry making lessons um, to do with your team. <clears throat> and now you can have normal meetings with your team, which is probably better after all that pastry. Um, but uh, so this this group that they've acquired from Denmark, and you can hire them for interviews, meetings, workshops, team building events, and photo shoots. And even more intriguingly, um, as far as I was concerned, um, as we all know, if you're a, an independent hotel which passes the test, you can list on Airbnb as a platform. And of course, now if you're a hotel who has meeting space, you can list on Airbnb as a platform. And uh, very competitively priced, we hear it is too. Um, guest was charging around 10%. Uh, commission, which is very perky indeed if you're looking at listing your, listing your meeting space. So anyone out there with some dead basement, give them a call. Mm. And it's not just indie hotels either. You, you're also seeing uh, chain hotels come onto the onto the Airbnb platform. And I think it's making quite, quite clear that um, Airbnb is now a direct rival to Booking Holdings and Expedia. And I think we've talked about this before in the pages of Hotel Analyst and indeed um, at um, our hotel distribution event, um, which takes place every October. Um, and um, what, what what we've said is Booking Holdings, uh, Expedia, their aggregator 1.0, Airbnb aggregator 2.0. And the, the key distinction here is that the aggregation that Booking Holding does and the aggregation that Expedia does is on the guest demand side of things. And they, they spend an oodles and oodles of cash with Google. Um, so their marketing spend is sort of 10 billion um, US dollars a year. Um, and growing every year and they spend that to aggregate that consumer demand and then flog it to the owners of hotels and the operators of hotels um, 
On the other hand, what Airbnb does is they aggregate the supply, they aggregate, um, collect together this a range of accommodation, which is now increasingly including hotels, and they sell that to the consumer. And the fees they generate come from the consumer, at least at the moment. I think that's switching. Already you're able to list your hotel um, on Airbnb and you can absorb the payment that the um, consumer um, has to make so effectively there is a cost there and that is as you said around that 10 percent marks if you add in the consumer bit and the and the bit that the the um, property um, provider has to pay um, which normally about three percent between three and six percent um, on airbnb and then there's a sort of about a six to nine percent charge for the consumer a- aggregate add that together and you're getting sort of around the 10 percent mark um, It's very, very competitive indeed. And the key thing here, I think, where Airbnb has a huge edge over booking holding and over Expedia is that Airbnb is spending nowhere near the money on Google and other performance marketing and similar activities. Um, So it can can make much more money um, than booking holding or Expedia, but um, simply because they don't have that, that huge cost. Um, so I think it's but the good news for hoteliers, of course, is that you've got that lower you've got that um, lower cost. I think the bad news comes in terms of what Airbnb and its counterparts um, are doing is is expanding the range of accommodation offer to consumers. So um, consumers, so your hotel is now sitting alongside a much wider range. So what you kind of gain on the in terms of the margin on the bottom line you're losing in terms of the pressure that's hitting your top line and I think the the winners in terms of the accommodation providers here are going to be those that have something distinctive to sell on all these different retail platforms so product branding that succeeds in this this retail environment is is the critical piece the distinction between the retailing and the product branding and uh, just in case you were wondering, um, that industry veteran there they've hired is a guy called Fred Reed. He comes from the airline industry, although um, Airbnb's previously said they're not going to sell airline tickets, but they're obviously wanting to get more into tran- the transportation experience. Uh, and they're being sued by the mayor of Paris, who says that uh, they are failing to ensure that listings comply with the city's 120-day-a-year limit. That will probably just enrich French lawyers, that uh, that news. <laughs> and we'll, we'll watch that one with interest. Uh, so uh, on that note, uh, we thank you for again for listening. And we hope you'll tune in again next week. Goodbye for now.